Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever or wherever you're watching or listening to us. This is the Osmo NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I am your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy, on the show with me for the next hour to figure out how many Josh stacks and 150 lineups we should have tonight, our single-entry assassin, Joshua Harris. Josh, how you doing, bud? At least 12 Josh stacks. It's science. 60% of the time, it works every time, so... Uh, just to let everybody know, I'm not just wearing like a, a floral gown for no reason. It is Halloween, so I have my Sub-Zero costume. I am Sub-Zero. I think that's a pretty good imitation, actually. Uh, I do have to leave that mask off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the show would go very well uh, if I left that mask on. But happy Halloween out there. Uh, make sure you stay safe this week. Look both ways before you cross the roads, kids. Uh, and if always bring a flashlight when you go trick-or-treating. Uh, if you're watching this show and you're still going trick-or-treating, I think there's probably something wrong <laughs> with that. Either you're too old to be trick-or-treating or you're too young to be gambling. <laughs> the thing is, it's funny because like Sunday, like Halloween is one of the busiest pizza days of the year for us. And I end up delivering. People are like, oh, aren't you old to be, you know, trick-or-treating? I was like, I got your pizza. I'm not dressed as a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is in his best uh, pizza delivery uh, uniform, shades of Zach and Miri from any for anybody that well, saw. If you ask nicely, I'll deliver you a big sausage pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go from Josh, a free, free pizza of some sort from him, I guess. I uh, want to give a quick thanks to our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, they are the sponsor for today's show. We're going to be talking about a little giveaway that Yahoo has uh, for Osmo viewers for first time Yahoo uh, players, especially uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit later, but thanks again uh, to Yahoo fantasy for sponsoring us. Let's go over last night's slate real quick. It was a real weird slate. I looked at the top of the 20 max and I think the top three were probably cash lineups, either that or people are real are playing six one-offs as GPP stacks now. Uh, so I got to assume a lot of cash lineups uh, got there last night, obviously not in the bigger stuff. Like if you're playing the spooky spin or whatever, people weren't, I'm assuming people weren't throwing their cash lineups oh, in there. You'd be surprised with some of the, <laughs> how bad some of those lineups were. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't do too well because a lot of the big stacks, I mean, we talked quickly before the show, it looked like, you know, Philadelphia, and Minnesota were my late saviors. It looked like Philly was really going to blow the doors off there. A couple goals early on, a couple correlated goals early on for that top line and then nothing for the rest of the game. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing. And you needed either Markstrom or Jake Allen to a lesser degree, Freddie, and Hayden Flurry. <laughs> if you had those two players, you pretty much just cashed if you put in a bunch of bums in the rest of your lineup. 
Although Hayden Fleury has been priced, he had two goals on and six shots on goal in the first, like, 635 on the ice. Like, I don't know if I would have gotten too much Hayden Fleury. I was going to play Jamie Oleksiak because he got more minutes on the ice. But, yeah, so you needed one of those goalies. You needed um, Alex Kalorn and Hayden Fleury. You had, or you had those three players. You're cashing no matter who's in the rest of your lineup. Yeah, that was the other killer too, right? Alex Klorn, like he was basically 20, 20% everywhere. He was 25% in the spin. Uh, Three-point bonus. Gets the three-point bonus with an assist in the final minute of the game off an Andre Suster goal. And it's like, this hat, like if you, pl- this has been two weeks of DFS. Like this is what goes on all season long, right? Like you'll get a guy with a 200 foot, uh, you know, empty net goal that'll put you over the top. Uh, some nights and then there are other nights where a guy will donk and assist with 30 seconds left in a blowout to give him a point bonus that's going to shove him to the up top of the leaderboard that's just kind of the nature of NHL DFS here uh, one team I want to talk about I got to talk about my Montreal Canadiens here uh, went into San Jose uh, four nothing shutout I want to say since their lines have settled down the last few games like they seem to gone uh, with regular line combinations like the Dvorak line stayed staying together but they've moved Perot with Toffoli and Caulfield and then Suzuki up on the top line with Gallagher. It seems like those line combinations are working out uh, a lot better than they were earlier in the season. I know you probably didn't stay up to watch much of the Montreal San Jose game last night, but are you seeing anything out of the Canadians that's different from maybe their first couple games of the year that we should be paying attention to because those guys are still cheap uh, on future slates? Yeah. It's not like that scene in Austin powers where the guy gets like run over in slow motion anymore. Like they're actually not getting run over as good um, going forward. Like, you know, that Dvorak line is the line we like. They're still super cheap, but like the line that's really started to come on in the past couple of games is the Suzuki line. And um, you know, they're good players. So obviously they're going to, they're not going to be terrible all season. So I think going forward, you know, you can start deploying them again and which would only help getting lower ownership on the Dvorak line. So when more lines on the same team are going well, it's great for DFS with more options. Yeah. Well, it's that double-edged sword too, right? It's like, you know, it keeps all the lines at a reasonable ownership, but then, you know, any of those lines can go off on any given night. So uh, it, it is good. It is good in some senses, not good in some others, but that's enough for last night. Let's go ahead and look at tonight's slate. It's a pretty interesting slate we have tonight. We have six games. I'm looking at the lines right now on Pinnacle. The closest game that they have is the Florida Panthers as a minus 179 favorite. Uh, New York minus 183. Dallas minus 189. Uh, two, uh, we have Washington over minus 300. Uh, Vegas over minus 200. Like, a lot of really big favorites here. So that should tell us like, you know, we'll talk about ownership a little bit later, but I look at our early ownership runs and I see our early ownership on the teams you would expect Vegas, Washington, New York. How do you handle slates like this where there are so many obvious spots? Like how do you choose what to fade? Like, cause you're a single entry or three max guy, so Obviously you can't get all these spots in with six games. Like how do you choose like what to fade, what to play, um, are there any trends that you look for? How do you approach a, a slate like this where there are so many massive favorites? Yeah, especially when there's obvious chalk tonight, like Washington top line has like a 48 total going against the Yotes on back-to-back on the road. They're, it's going to be very hard to fade them tonight. So like if you do throw in like a Washington one, what I would do is look for some of these low-owned spots 
you know, some of these, these underdogs, but they're still good lines. Like, like uh, Ottawa one coming in under owned like Dallas stars. Yeah. They're favored, but they're not world beaters. Um, you know, the Blackhawks are a mess. So I probably avoid them, but like you see Carolina, they're back to back. Um, this like when I, in GPPs for sure, like on a back-to-back, like Carolina has a 3.5 total and they're getting almost no ownership. So like I'd look to some of these low-owned Carolina guys in GPPs. They have a 3.5 total at home against one of the worst teams in the NHL. So there's a lot of chalky spots for like these big favorites, but some of these spots are going overlooked. So, you know, it's fine to jam in some chalk, but, you know, there are a lot of good contrarian options that can fill out your lineup to make sure it's not duped. Yeah, and... I, like, I think one thing I do when I play, like, like tonight I'm playing 20 liners, but when I play one, one or, or three max, you have to find ways to cut lines. And kind of the way I do it is like, I'll have different rules. So like, if there's a team that's, you know, let's say Florida going, like Florida and Detroit are two of the higher penalty taking teams. But if they weren't, like if Detroit was a bottom 10 team by penalty taking, um, then I'd look at Florida and say, okay, if they're only going to get a couple power plays tonight, maybe I don't go to them. So then I cross them off the list. And then I look, you know, Rangers and Columbus. Okay, the Rangers have a high total. Uh, how have these lines been playing? You know, Zbigniew hasn't looked great earlier this year. Uh, some of the play driving numbers are down. Okay, maybe then I cross them off. That's kind of what I do. Like I have, you have to look for reasons not to use a line. Um, if you don't want to do that, just play the numbers. Honestly, just look for the best, uh, the highest projections and just go with what fits. Because I think one thing we talk a lot about ownership, but one thing I want to mention real quick before we get to the slate on a slate this small, there's only going to be so many spots that score, right? This isn't basketball where you, you, you're pretty much assured that every team's going to get at least like 80 points or whatever, like something like that, right? Where there's going to be some value probably on every team. Half these teams tonight probably won't have anybody that's worth, you know, having in a top five roster or top 10 roster or something like that. Right. So I think people get sometimes get caught up too much in ownership um, and trying to get cute and not enough in just going with the best plays. Because like if Vegas too, like we have Vegas to a very high own tonight, if they completely smash this slate, it doesn't matter what else you have. You're going to lose. Right. So like, do you have any other little quick tidbits about ownership? Uh, on a small slate like this? Yeah, and like unless you're building a cookie cutter 4-3-1 in a small field, I don't think you really have to concern yourself with ownership. I think you just got to play the best plays. I know that sounds incredibly simple, but like it really is. Like I can't even tell you season, a couple seasons ago how many times I swapped off better plays because I was concerned about ownership. If I'm, you know, having a one-off center instead of like a one-off defenseman and have a different build or like a five, two, one, I put no stock into ownership. Uh, I just build the best plays because five mans are unique. You're going to get a two man. That's unique. You're going to get a one, a one-off that's unique. So unless you're building cookie cutter lineups in a small field, I try not to worry about ownership. The one thing I, I would say in these big field GPPs, if you're making 150, you know, I, I would, you know, try to avoid just like going all in on the chalk, like chalk on chalk on chalk, but like in these, other than that, because like in, if you're making 150, I think you make a rule to say, 
Let's make, let's make some lineups that aren't cookie cutter four, three ones. Let's make some four, five, two ones. Let's make some onslaught stacks, some, you know, three threes with uncorrelated defensemen, stuff like that. So if you're just not the, the way you build is more important than ownership in my opinion. So you can play the high owned guys, but it, if, as long as you construct your lineup in a different manner than normal, it's fine. I think that's probably uh, the best piece of advice we've given out today so far. It's, how you build your, your lineup, not necessarily which players you use. Uh, I like that. That's really, really good advice. All right. We do have a slate to get to, so let's get, get this moving. While everybody is here, if you guys could give us a like and a subscribe, uh, especially that subscription uh, really helps us grow this channel. I see 75 people watching and only 15 thumbs up. So if you guys could click uh, a few more thumbs to help us out. Uh, and then once you've hit, you hit that subscription button, click the notifications so you can get alerts when our shows go live. Um, we have lots of free uh, premium tools and data up on the website if you want to check us out as well. Uh, we have NBA ownership projections for tonight. We have NFL Week 8 top stacks. Uh, so if you're playing some NFL Week uh, this weekend, uh, we have our top stacks up. We have MMA fighter rankings for tomorrow. We have our NHL player projections for tonight as well. And if you're playing NBA DFS, don't miss Adam Scher's deep dive article, which is the most in-depth free NBA DFS article. So head on over to Osmo.com to check that out. And we should probably be getting Adam to pitch in with an NHL article once in a while. Uh, he had a, I saw, I think he had a decent night in the NHL last night. I know he took down uh, some of our guys in head to heads at least as well. So uh, good stuff with ship my money there. All right, let's get to these games. Our first game is a uh, probably one of the more interesting games on the entire slate. I think uh, we have the Florida Panthers with a 3.4 implied goal total going into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 2.6 implied goal total. Uh, surprisingly, the ownership is relatively in check here. Um, I thought Florida would end up being probably like the chalky, one of the chalky spots on the night. Um, we do have the top line in double digits, but considering it's a six game slate, I don't find that, you know, I don't find 13, 14% particularly egregious. Um, you know, Florida too, obviously very popular line here uh, between uh, you and I. Um, but I think there's some stuff on the Detroit side to like as well. So why don't you take us through this game, Josh? Yeah, I like Detroit one. And what's really drawing me to that is the ownership. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm, I love playing the wings against one of the best teams in the NHL, but you see their ownership, it's 1%. And what, what the wings tend to do at home is not put Larkin out against top comp. So maybe he gets a shift or two against Barkov. Maybe he sees some time against, against Bennett, but for the most part, he's probably going to go out against E2D2 and, you know, Jumbo Joe. So, you know, not saying that they're overly weak because this, the Florida Panthers are a weak team. But if you can get a top line fully correlated on the power play at home for 1%, I think in GPPs, even in like five to 10 lineups, you can consider it because there's so many chalky spots like the wings are going to go overlooked tonight. And then on the, the Florida side, like this ownership isn't very high at all. I like the top line for sure. I like the second line for sure. The thing is like coming into the season, once you got past the Larkin line, I thought the Detroit depth was going to be absolutely terrible. They're actually okay defensively. They're not awful. So I get, I guess maybe that's what's keeping down the ownership a bit, but like, the Panthers just look amazing to start the season. Yeah, their coach got deservedly canned, but the lines are still intact. So that top line is fine. The second line is fine. You want a power play stack, that is also fine. Yeah, I think the power play stack for me is the big one out of this game because uh, these are two of the more penalized teams in the NHL, right? There are only five teams 
in the league taking more than four penalties a game. And these are two of the those five teams. So um, I think some sort of Florida power play stack makes really does make a ton of sense here tonight. If you are concerned about that Florida ownership or Florida one ownership at all, uh, just going with some sort of power play stack here makes a lot of sense. If you're going to, if you're telling me Barakoff and Huberto and those guys are going to get four or five power plays tonight, um, even if Detroit's penalty kill is better than last year, it's not elite and a non-elite penalty kill against Barakoff four or five times in a night. Yeah, I'll take that. So uh, yeah, Florida one, definitely uh, high on my list for me tonight, uh, especially where they're coming in uh, at that, at the ownership that they are uh, lower than a, a line like Rangers one. Like I get that there's pricing differences and, and that's factored into it, but the pricing isn't enough for me to like Florida uh, to like the Rangers that much more. Um, and we'll talk about them later. So yeah, I'm just back in on Florida one, that top line um, just has been good, really good again this year. Like there's, uh, 3.3 expected goals in their entire sample. Um, I think they're approaching four actual goals uh, in, you know, actual goals scored on the ice. Um, you're right about the Detroit depth being better. I think part of that is a little bit of an overhaul to the blue line. Like I know we make fun of Nick Letty, but he's at least a good puck mover. He's a massive upgrade over what they've had there the last five years. Uh, bring it, you know, Moritz Cedar has looked great as a puck mover early on. So I think those two guys have made a really big difference for them. Um, I just really like that Detroit top line again. Like we talk about line matching um, and not that there's a particularly easy matchup here for uh, against Florida, but if Detroit's going to go into the third, Detroit's top line is often going to go into the third and fourth lines for Florida. That means that you get the second and third pairs quite a bit, right? And you miss that ekblad Wegar pairing. Uh, so again, I just, I really like that Detroit one line. Um, I think, you know, their price is fine. Their numbers are great. Like 3.6 expected goals uh, per 60 minutes. Like I, you know, we talk about expected goals and how a small sample uh, can throw, you know, all those off. Uh, but even their shot attempt differential, 64%, that's effing elite or 57%. That's sorry. That's still effing elite. You know what I mean? That's great. Uh, so I really do like that Florida or that Detroit top line here tonight. And like you said, you don't need a lot, uh, to get over the field. So in my 20 lineups, I'm absolutely going to have two or three, maybe even four Detroit lineups, but absolutely Florida power play is what I'm liking the most out of this game. Uh, on the blue line, I talked about Moritz Cedar. I don't know if I would use him as a one-off. I think he's just, you know, correlating in power play stacks, his peripherals, like with rookie defensemen. They might be really good with point production. Look at like McCarr and Hughes and those guys, but they just don't bring the peripherals. Those tend to come later in the career. So um, that Cedar hasn't done anything in that regard yet. It's not surprising. It doesn't mean he's bad. It's just where he is in his career. So Cedar for me is only in correlated stacks. Um, I think I might be going back to Forsling just because some of these Florida defensemen are getting way too expensive for me. Don't mind uh, good ass for 2,800 either. What do you think about the blue liners here? A good ass. We love a good ass here at Osimo. But yeah, Gustav Forsling, yeah, he's coming off a three assist game, but you take that away. He's still playing 22, 23 minutes a night under 4K with peripherals. I think uh, he's a guy that I'm looking to play tonight. If you're power play stacking and you can fit Ekblad in, I think you can. Uyghur is a bit too expensive for my taste, so I'd probably go Ekblad and power play stacks. Forsling as a one-off, and if you need salary relief, Radko, uh, good ass. Uh, but on the Detroit side, outside of uh, Mord Cedar in a Detroit one stack, I'm going to pass. All right, I'm going to get your opinion real quick on Thomas Grice because 
7,200 at home. We have him for the third most projected saves on the slate. That's kind of appealing to me. Yeah. And, you know, at that price, we always talk about it. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but if you see shot volume uh, and you're that cheap and you can, you don't even have to win to pay off the price. If he sees 40 shots and saves, you know, 38 of them and the, the Panthers won two to one, that's probably an unlikely scenario in a six total. But like, even if Grice loses and gets the shot bonus, you still can win with him. I mean, it, it, I forget the goalie, but it happened a couple nights. Oh, was it Lankinen? Yeah, it was Lankinen a couple Lankinen. nights ago. Was in the winning lineup uh, in the $15, I believe, in a losing effort in in a, in, in overtime. It, that's just what happens when you see enough shot volume. So, it's, yeah. It's the only arbitrary bonus that I really like on DK is the saves bonus. The points yeah. bonus it is what it is because, like, secondary assists are kind of like, you know, meh. But, like, goalies – their main purpose is to save shots. So like giving them a bonus makes some sense. And it, 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 and it does bring those worst goalies into play. Right. Because like, you know, on a North, you know, three years ago, I probably wouldn't have played Kevin Lankin in tonight going into Carolina, but now I would. Right. Anyways, we'll get to that game in a little bit. Let's get to this next game. we got to talk about Josh's Rangers. Of course uh, we have the Columbus blue jackets going into New York. Columbus has a 2.4 implied goal total. The New York Rangers have a 3.1 implied goal total. Uh, the Rangers are reassembling their second line, Strom, uh, between Panarin and Kako. That, it was a line that looked good early in the year for their first couple of games, but then Kako had been hurt. Uh, it's his first game back in his last in the last four, I believe. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Chris Kreider and Barclay Goodrow to the top line uh, with Mika Zvanejad. As I mentioned, our top stacks has the Rangers as fairly high owned. We have both the first and second line between 15 and 17%, which gives, you know, one in three lineups, somebody in the Rangers top six, like, you know, I don't find that egregious ownership, but I don't think this is really a great spot either. Why don't you talk us through this game, Josh? Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking in my head right now that Barclay Goodrow is not Pavel Buchnevich and I got rid of that, but <laughs> the Rangers right wing depth is awful. Chris Jerry. Let's go here. But no, that second line of uh, Panarin, Strom, Kako, before Kako got hurt, it's a good line. And I like, like, I actually like that Alexis Lafreniere got away from Zabanjan and Kreider because when it was Lafreniere, Zabanjan, and Kreider, those numbers were terrible. Lafreniere is going to get some softer matchups playing with Philip Heedle and Sammy Blay. I think, you know, for development purposes, it might not be the worst thing. Um, but for me, you know, I see Mika Zabanjan 20%. Kreider, 16%. Barca, Goodrow, 14%. Yeah, Goodrow is cheap, and it brings down the cost of that line, but I just i am not enthusiastic about playing that line. I, if I'm going to play a line from the Rangers tonight, it's going to be Panarin, Strom, Kako. You get uh, Panarin, Strom, power play one, Capo, Kako, 3,100. Power play two, um, I mean, they're just a better line. Yeah, they're second in the lineup builder, but I just, you know, Panarin's their best player. Um Capo Caco is their like legitimately only top six right winner winger in the organization right now. Crowder's out of place. Everyone else is out of place. So that second line is where I'm going to, you know, concentrate for the Rangers. And then on the Blue Jacket side, like there's no ownership here. And the Rangers, like they're not great defensively. Adam Fox is great. Igor is maybe already a top five goal in this league. But if either of them are slightly off, they're not playing at their best. Like there's nothing there. Like they're not a great defensive team. That's a Van Jan line. 
not very good defensively. Strom, Panera, and Kako, as good as they are defensively, they have okay numbers defensively. The kids on the third line, not very good defensively. That fourth line is, you know, who's who of what not to do defensively. So, like, there, there's stuff to, to like on this Blue Jacket side. This top line's coming in at 2%, fully correlated on the power play line, a Jenny Vo- Jenner Voracek. You know, that's a line that I'm interested in attacking the Rangers. Also, the two-man of, you know, Roslevic, Borkstrand. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Roslevic guy. He doesn't get top power play time, but, you know, they're fairly expensive. So it's going to be super contrarian. And Bjorkstrand, you know, top power play 1% at 6,400 is an expensive one-off, but I think you can do it. So I, 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 there are some things that I really like GPP-wise for the Blue Jackets tonight. And, you know, Rangers too is where I'm looking for the Rangers. And I forgot to mention that I would be interested in a two-man of Hedo Lafreniere just because they're going to see the bottom six of the Blue Jackets. And as you keep telling everyone, bottom six of the Blue Jackets, bad. Yeah, that's I want. That's where I want to start, actually, because that's where my interest is in this game in particular. It's the third lines on both sides, actually. Um, you mentioned Hedo and Lafreniere going into the third lines from Columbus, uh, third and fourth lines. Like Columbus's depth, you just have to look at their numbers on natural stat trick. Like I have them, I have them uh, all written out, but it's pretty bad. No one in Columbus's bottom six is over fifty percent uh, shot share, and no one outside the top line is over forty-eight percent in expected goal share. So, you know, we talk about the wonkiness of expected goals. So we'll see how that goes, but the shot share our shot attempt share immediately kind of tells a story. Now, that being said, Max Domi looks like he's back tonight and on the third line uh, for Columbus. He's not great defensively, but he's a pretty good playmaker. Uh, And Cole Sillinger and Gustav Nyquist, I thought at times have looked fine this year. So I think it's a situation where it's a good matchup for both third lines because I don't think either third line is going to be very good defensively. Uh, So it's like it's one of those situations where I do like Rangers, too. I'm probably going to have some of them. But I think this is the spot where I'm going to dump down because we always talk about it that, you, you know, on in higher owned spots, it's fine to dump down to third lines. And the Rangers being one of the higher owned spots, I think it's fine to dump down to the third line here. And I think it's fine to do the same on the Columbus side. So, you know, Domi at 5,700 on DK is an absolutely absurd price. So you can leave him off, but you can three man Sillinger, Bean, and Nyquist for like 8K. You know what I mean? And that gets you that secondary power play exposure. Now you can make any sort of Washington stack or whatever, Carolina stack, wherever else you want. So, I like the third lines in particular here. Lafreniere, Heedle, Sillinger, and Nyquist. Those are the pairings that I like. You know, you can max match Lundqvist uh, with the Heedle and Lafreniere. You can match Bean with Sillinger and Nyquist if you want to get some additional PP exposure. But that's where I'm looking. So I'll have a little bit of, of Rangers too. Agree with you there. Uh, but in a small sample, Nyquist and Sillinger, almost three expected goals per 60 minutes. Um, that's just fine for me. So I'll take a chance on a small sample. I'm going to be looking at the third lines here in both games. Uh, On the blue line, I kind of do like Bean uh, for 3,500. Keandre Miller all the way down to 2,500. You know, two weeks ago, I would have been super excited about that, but it's been kind of an uneven season uh, for him so far. So what do you think about the defenseman in this game? Yeah, Bean is fine. Uh, Truba, I think, you know, 4,400 is an okay price for him. Lundqvist, if you're, you know, using that third line, I'm not super enthusiastic about, you know, Wierenski and Fox paying their price. Like Fox is a great 
actual hockey player, not the best DFS player because he's more reliant on hitting the score sheet than peripherals. Uh, Wierenski plays a ton of minutes. So I guess, you know, if you have the space, he's okay. But I think I would look elsewhere. Yeah, I like that too. Um, in net, I don't know that I particularly like either of these goalies. Like shot volume is something that I think is a, should be a genuine concern for this game. Do you like either goalie here? I know Igor is probably somebody that sticks out for, for very good reason, but anybody else? I mean, there's only one other goalie. Yeah, I mean, Merzlikens is a fan favorite of mine, but um, I think I would leave it to correlated stacks for Merzlikens and Shosturkin. I think I can consider him in all formats just because, yeah, shot volume might be concerned for Columbus, but once you get past the Fox pairing, uh, there's not much there. So I think Igor is a decent play as a one-off. All right. Yeah, I don't mind Igor as a one-off. I mean, I, I really don't mind any goalie as a one-off. Like, I'm not going to say you have to correlate your goalies at all times. I use one-off goalies all the time. I use one-off. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Markstrom last night. Didn't help me win any money, but I did use them. <laughs> That's kind of the way it goes. Um Get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $29.95. This includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including our player projections, ownership projections, our premium Discord channel, lineup builder, and a whole lot more. If you're a new user to Osmo Plus Platinum, then you can take advantage of the promo code we have for the show, which is NHL Strategy Show, all caps, all one word. That's NHL, NHL Strategy Show for 25% off your first week of Osmo Plus Platinum. You can find the link to activate this coupon in the, in the description of the video below. Of course, if you're only looking to play NHL DFS, you can sign up for one of our Osmo Plus NHL packages for as low as $3.95 per week. Stop guessing, start winning, and join Osmo Plus today. That's promo code NHL Strategy Show. All caps, all one word for new users looking for 25% off your first week of Osmo Plus Platinum. And if you want to check out, we talked about premium content and tools uh, a little earlier. If you want to check out what we have on the site uh, before spending any of your money with us, uh, we do have free tools, free premium tools and content up on the site today, like NBA ownership projections, our NFL week eight top stacks, our MMA fighter rankings for the card tomorrow and NHL player projections for tonight. So check us out. Uh, if you want to see what we're all about before uh, spending any of your hard-earned cash, but I don't think you'll regret it, uh, come on over to Osmo.com. I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy what we have to offer. All right, let's move it along. Let's get to our next game. The Jeu de Jour, I think this one is, uh, Arizona with a 2.1 implied goal total 
going into Washington, the Caps have a 3.9 implied gold total. Now, despite that 3.9 implied gold total, they're not the highest on stack of the night. That would uh, belong to Vegas. We'll get to them in a second. But they are over 20%. Uh, injuries here, uh, Nicholas Backstrom still out. Obviously, uh, TJ Oshie is going to be out as well. And that's moved both Tom Wilson and Connor Sheary to the top power play unit for some reason. And Anthony Manta moved to the second power play unit. Uh, not sure what's going on there, but Washington one is now fully correlated on the power play. So obviously that's a big interest here to us. Um, not sure how much interest you're going to have in Arizona, but what do you like out of this game, Josh? I'll start with Arizona. Nothing. Uh, moving to the caps. Um, I'm really out on the coyotes tonight. If you want to one off a cheap guy, go for it. Uh, maybe I'll one off a defenseman that we'll talk about in a second, but going to the cap side, um, I really like this top line. It's fully correlated on the power play. Yeah, it gives me pause plugging in 7,200 Evgeny Kuznetsov into my lineup, but he's been playing consistently over 20 minutes. He plays on the power play, the OV plays even strength with OV. So Coyotes, I know we talk about when I say arguably the worst team in the league, the Coyotes are the worst team in the league. I don't think there is an argument there. Uh, so I, I really – really like caps one coyotes are on a back-to-back they're starting their fifth string goalie instead of their sixth string goalie so i don't know change your projections for that but caps one for me caps power plays a big interest to me especially if you need some salary you throw in a connor sheary there it's not like he's on the fourth line like our boy chiason like he's going to see some minutes on this in the top six at 2500 so i think he's a good add-on there um I like the second line with Nick Dowd being out. Connor McMichael's ice time should be fairly consistent tonight. So I don't mind going to that second line. Their ownership is like four, five, 6%. And their power play correlation isn't great, but like they're still going to get even strength time against the Coyotes. So I think in a high total in low ownership, I really like that second line. But for me, caps one, cap power play, caps two, nothing on the outside. Oh. You would dare say that about Dimitri Yashkin? Are you kidding me? I mean, the dude, you, you mentioned it yesterday about his, like, expected, what, or whatever it was, it translates to zero <laughs> DK points. Yeah, the, their line was 80% expected goals, like, I think after the second period last night, uh, even though they were getting blown out. That's the frustrating part is, like, I still believe in that Larson-Yashkin line. Like, you, even, you either believe in the numbers or you don't. I believe in the numbers. And that you know, that line at least Yashkin and Larson have been playing well together and they're on the power play unit together. And it's not like Washington is an elite five on five uh, defensive team. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the Lars Eller line could probably be pretty good, but now you're without Oshi and now you're without Backstrom and the top line was a little weak defensively to begin with. Like I I'm, I'm getting dragged back into playing Yashkin again <laughs> is what's happening here. The only thing I will say is that I don't think it's really necessary to play Arizona players here tonight because unless you're game stacking, there's not a lot of like super expensive spots, right? Like there's no Colorado one. There's no Boston one. Like there are some expensive like Florida players. There are some expensive Carolina players, but it's not like you're sticking three 8K wingers uh, into your lineup or something like that, right? Like, so I don't know that you need to go down and spend you know, 8K uh, on a secondary stack, like I just talked about in the game before, even with Columbus. So that might be what keeps Yaskin from finding himself into my lineups, at least as a stack, 
is that I don't think you need to spend all the way down uh, to that price anyway. Um, but we do have them as a 1% top two stack percentage. Like it's not like they're nothing. We have them as, a, as the same top stack percentage as the Jonathan Taves line uh, and just behind uh, the Detroit third line. Well, I guess the Detroit third line. We have them just behind the Columbus second line. Let's put it that way. We have them at 1.1%, Columbus at 1.7%. You know, it's a sizable gap, but not massive. I think there's a reason to play them if you really need the savings. If you don't, then you don't. Um, obviously, this is a Washington game. Um, the Washington power play stacks are going to be very popular. The one thing I will say is Arizona, two things about Arizona. One, their penalty kill, atrocious this year. But I think a lot of that is just the goaltending. Their goal, they're getting literally 667 goaltending on the penalty kill. They're only saving two out of three shots. Like, that's not going to persist, right? That's going to come up to 850 over the course of the regular season. And they're only taking two and a half penalties a game. <sighs> so, like, it's that situation where you're looking for reasons if you're playing one to three lineups not to play them. I'm playing uh, in 20 lineups. I'm going to be like 30% Washington power play stacks in one to three. The reason not to play them is that they might not get a ton of power plays, but you know, by the same token, if you're scoring on like 50% of your shots, you know, a couple of power plays can result in a couple of power play goals anyway. So um, I don't think there's any necessity to play anybody from Arizona, but if you are, I would go to the Yashkin line. And of course uh, on the Washington side, the thing is with that secondary uh, power play stack, Mantha Sprong, like you, Ovechkin plays both power play units. So one of those guys on that second power play unit, whether it's Sprong, whether it's Eller, whether it's Schultz, one of them's not going to get ice time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it could be Sprong that doesn't get that power play ice time. So that's the only thing that concerns me. But again, so cheap, you can't get away from it. So uh, I'm just going to stick to my to the top of the Capitals lineup. Uh, Kuznetsov, Wilson, Ovechkin, Carlson. I'm going to stick with those, those guys out of this game. Uh, nobody on the blue line sticking out to me. Victor Soderstrom, I guess, if you want to get that PP2 stack in with the Yotes, but uh, I think it's just correlator bust for me. Yeah, I, like in GPPs, Carlson makes sense. Uh, 5,900, like that price is low. I, his, he's having a weird start to the season and maybe it, it, it normalizes as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, Carlson, that's really about it. Like nothing on the Arizona side, like Jacob Chikrin at 5,700 is too much for me right now. Like I'd rather get a softer matchup at home with Chikrin on power play one. Yeah. Him not getting that power play time is a serious bummer right now. All right. We got to move it along. Uh, we have partnered with Yahoo fantasy this NHL season to bring you some great offers. Check out our exclusive limited time offer, which gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. To qualify, you need to be new to Yahoo, sign up for an account via the link below, deposit, and play. That's it. Yahoo will send us your name after you play in your first paid contest and we'll reach out to you with your coupon. If you need immediate access, email support at osmo.com and we'll get you set up. You can also claim a free $10 below, which can be used to enter any Yahoo contest. Make sure to use our premium DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. And the best part about this site, 12% management fees, uh, whereas other sites you'll be paying 15 or 16% in lower uh, entry stuff, uh, 12%, you save 3% on every dollar you enter. You really, uh, it's just such a great deal that if you're a first time Yahoo user, you really just want to get your feet wet in DFS, 
there you go. You can get a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum uh, through the link below, and you're playing with lower management fees as well. We're the suckers here, I guess. Uh, moving along, let's get to this next game. An interesting game, I think. Chicago, 2.6 supply goal total going into Carolina. Uh, Carolina is a three and a half goal total. The reason I say it's an interesting game, because it is one of those games uh, where Carolina is a massive favorite at home. But we don't see a lot of ownership on them. In fact, we see a lot of spread out ownership. 6% on the top line, 6% on the second line, 5% on the third line. That tells me that people want to use Carolina, and Carolina is probably going to be fairly popular, but it's going to depend on the rest of the person's lineup. Like People aren't just going out there and jamming in a ton of Carolina 1. Maybe they're going to throw in a Carolina 3 with a Washington 1 or something like that. So just because Carolina is going to be highly owned tonight doesn't necessarily mean their studs are going to be highly owned tonight. So what do you like out of this one, Josh? Yeah, I was surprised that Carolina is coming in like their top line is around 7%. And I thought it was going to be way higher. Yeah, they're back to back, but they're at home. They're getting the Blackhawks who are just an absolute mess right now. Uh, Kane is still in protocols. Their whole team should be in protocols for different reasons, but we're not going to get into that now. There's not enough time. Um, top line, I like going back to them at 7% in GPPs. Cash, I'm a cash game player now, even though I played GPPs last night. In cash, I have no canes. I just think there's better cash spots. But in GPPs, um, Carolina won fully correlated on the power play. Yeah, they're expensive. Like, that is a reason probably why they're going to be on the lower own side. But there's so much value tonight that I think you can get them in fairly easily. Fully correlated on the power play, like I said. Um, so I really like this spot. I do also like the second line. Uh, Cockneyemi, uh, Natchez, Trocheck. Uh, if you want to, you know, do like a three-man, a Cockneyemi, Natchez, Pesci for you know three-man power play two. I think that is a a bit a way to get a bit different. Um, so yeah, I I like all three lines here tonight. Like, but you see the ownership on this third line, like five six percent. Like, if they're going to come in around five six percent, I'd rather just go up to the second or the top line for a couple percentage points more. So I think I'm going to avoid Carolina three. So I'm going to focus on the top six. And then on the Blackhawks side, it's, it's just really impossible to stack the Blackhawks. They can give you lines, but they aren't going to be the lines by the end of the <laughs> second period. So like there aren't many combinations that feel safe. Like if you want, if you want a one off a Kubalik or one off a, you know, a Kirby Doc or uh, like the Brinkat feels like a safe one off and Kubalik feels like a safe one off. But other than that, like I don't even feel comfortable like pairing anyone together. Like Doc Kubalik, they could be on separate lines or Hegel Taze. Like there's just nothing that I feel comfortable, you know, stacking. So I, I think I'd just, you know, outside of a Brink Cat or Kubelik, I'm probably going to be out on the skaters. There are some guys on the blue line that I like, but this is a Carolina game for me. Yeah. Uh, when you said, you know, why play Carolina three or four percent when you can play Carolina one at six percent, like that just sums up the whole game to me. Like, I'm not going to say don't play Carolina three, obviously. Like, if you have a Washington power play stack and Carolina fits in well with them and you like your lineup, yes, go play them. It's just obviously, I think Carolina one, like, we Carolina one is in one of the best leverage spots, I think, of the entire season for us. Like their leverage is 15 and a half percent, 22 percent top two stack, only six percent um, ownership. Like even if that ownership comes up to like 10 percent or 11 percent, I'm still fine with that. Chicago has looked like 
Like, you think Arizona's the worst team in the league. I think it's Chicago, like, honestly, especially with all these injuries. So where Carolina's top line has just been phenomenal, like 2.9 expected goals uh, per 60 minutes, uh, extremely high shot rate. I think their shot attempt rate is at like 70 per 60 minutes. It's just absurd. So, uh, yeah, love that Carolina top line. If you play any of the Carolina lines, I think I'm not going to say no because it's going to depend on the rest of your lineup. But I genuinely like Carolina one genuinely for me is is at the top of my list for priority tonight. So that's where I'm going on the Chicago side. I think you can PP stack, I think is the one thing you can do here because and I say that because there are just so many injuries and guys out of the lineup. There are only so many players left to put on the top power play unit. So, like, I feel relatively safe saying like Taze and Debrinkat are going to be on the top power play unit. Like Taze and Kubelik are going to be on the top power play unit. So Carolina is one of the most penalized teams in the NHL, and it is a back-to-back. So maybe Chicago does get a ton of power plays here tonight. Um, you know, if I'm in a single entry, I'm not putting Chicago power plays by one stack, uh, but I'm 20 maxing tonight. So I'll probably have one or two lineups uh, with some sort of Chicago power play stack in them. But yeah, for me, it's all about Carolina one the most in this game. Uh, on the blue line, is there anything you're doing outside of correlating? Like, is there a guy that you might want off uh, in particular? On the Chicago side, I like Connor Murphy at 3,400. I like Calvin DeHaan at 3,100. I think, you know, if you are if you need a guy in that range to block some shots, have some peripherals, I think those are the guys. Uh, on the Carolina side, Tony D'Angelo, 5,200, only in power play stacks. But, like, that four-man power play stack is going to be so low-owned, and it's something I would definitely want to get a piece of in GPPs. Uh, but other than that, I don't think I'd be one-offing anyone else. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention, I know uh... – our chat talked, our Discord earlier talked about Connor Murphy's block rates. I'm not super concerned here. His ice time, it's within a minute of last year. And if you look at some of the teams they played recently, Detroit, Vancouver, the Islanders, those aren't like super high octane offenses. So I don't see him as having a ton of opportunities to block shots in those games. Carolina is going to be, Carolina is going to be firing the puck at the net tonight. I think Connor Murphy does stand a, G, a decent uh, chance of the block bonus uh, in net. Uh, does Blankenin or Ranta stick out to you? I mean, Ranta at 8K is not too bad. Yeah, I'm the biggest Ranta slappy there is, but I, I, I like him tonight. Uh, I like Lankinen too, 7,100. Going to see a ton of shots, so I think either are viable. Uh, Lankinen, GPP only, though. Don't be going putting Lankinen in your cash lineup. If you are, uh, JRH002 is my name on DK. Please send me some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah please do not put the blanket in uh in your cash game lineups um if you're playing in gpps tonight you might be able to find your way into the awesome hall of fame josh has been trying all season he'll get there eventually uh if you want to get into the awesome hall of fame this is all you have to do download the awesome avatar avatar from awesome.com slash avatar place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants and tweet the wins to the Osmo Hoff account on Twitter. That's Osmo H-O-F, all one word. Um, you can win a free month of Osmo plus platinum just by doing this. Now you can only win one free month per year. You can't keep winning a free month every year if you keep winning big. Uh, but we do have uh, the Osmo Hall of Fame. You'll see it uh, up on your screen right now. I mean, we have guys, we had a six figure hit uh, in basketball not long ago. Uh, I know we had a five-figure hit uh, in hockey a couple days ago, uh, but it doesn't have to be five and six-figure hits. You know, I see uh, one person here uh, finish second uh, in what looks like a showdown. Like, we celebrate those as well. So as long as you guys are placing top three in a contest, 
uh, with at least 5,000 contestants, just hit us up. Uh, Osmo Hall. If you can get into the Osmo Hall of Fame, you can get a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. We love celebrating our winners. It doesn't matter if it's $100 or $100,000. We will celebrate you here at Osmo. So get into the Osmo Hall of Fame and be better than Josh. It won't be very hard <laughs> to be better than me. All right, let's get to our next game. Uh, we have the Anaheim Ducks with a 2.2 implied gold total. They're going into Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights have a 3.4 implied gold total. Anaheim just played last night. Something I want to mention out of that game, they got down 3-0, changed around their lines, and then came back and tied it 3-3. That means I think they're going to change around their lines tonight. And their lines last night, uh, if anybody wasn't paying attention to that late game, Oh boy, did they, those lines get ugly uh, towards the end towards the end of the night. Um, they had Trevor Zegers between Sonny Milano and Nick Delorier. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Getzlaff between Troy Terry and Adam Henrique, which kind of looks playable. And then the third line is Sam Steele, Isaac Lundestrom, and Jacob Silverberg. That also kind of looks playable, maybe. And then the fourth line didn't even see the ice. Max Comtois played like eight minutes. Um, the fact that they changed their lines and made a three goal comeback tells me that they're not going to go back to their old lines. But again, we just don't know because we won't know their lineup until warmups hit. So how are you treating this game, Josh? Um, I'm treating it like I wish it wasn't on the slate. Like I see Vegas one here at 35% ownership and I just, it makes me want to throw myself down a flight of stairs. Like I've talked about it almost every slate that they're on that I think, they're always over-owned because they're always cheap and I don't want to play them for that reason. But it's like the Ducks, you know? <laughs> it's the Ducks. Like, they've looked pretty bad so far this season. I think I'd, I'm going to be well underweight on Vegas 1. I know it's 3.4 total. They're at home. The Ducks lines are a mess, but, like, I just, I just can't get behind them at that ownership. I mean, they're, they also saved John Gibson for this game, too. Yeah, right? and, you know if you've ever watched a show with me on, you know, I love John Gibson. Like he should be the team USA goalie when they go to the Olympics. And if you don't agree with me, we can, we can have a gentleman's argument on twitter.com, but um, you know, Vegas won at that ownership. I'd rather go to Carolina's. I know there's price differences, but like, I'd rather go to Carolina. I'd rather go to, um, um, Washington I'd rather play Rangers second line I'd rather play the Panthers I'd either rather play the Detroit top line like at that low of ownership compared to this high ownership on Vegas so I think you know I'm not going to tell you not playing because obviously they're high owned for a reason this is a very good spot but I'm just going to be off them and hope they don't bury me in GP like because like at 35 percent if they bust and you're you're making 20 lineups and you have very little you're ahead of 35% of the field. So I think you got to plant your flag here on fate. Well, I would plant my flag here on fading uh, Vegas one, you know, on the Anaheim side, gets laughed, Terry, two man, not too bad steel. If steel Silverberg Lundestrom were at home, I think I would like, if this was at home, and they weren't back-to-back, -back, I think I'd have a little bit of interest in that Getzlaff line, a little bit of interest in that Lundestrom line. But just because, like, it's back-to-back -back on the road, I think I'm going to be very, very light. Like, maybe I'll have 
if I was building 20, I'd have like one in 20 on, you know, Anaheim two or one in 20 Anaheim three. But for me, like I'm interested in playing John Gibson tonight. I mean, the problem with Anaheim too, right, is we're just assuming they're going to stick with those lines. Maybe they go back to their old lines. Maybe they just do something completely different. Like, we just don't even know what the lines are going to be. Uh, and where this game starts, um, you're only going to have a couple – only, it's only going to be that game or the next game we're going to talk about to pick from. So it's not like last night where, you know, you could wait until – or a couple nights ago with when Rantanen was possibly out. You know, you could wait till nine o'clock and then there's like five games coming up after that where you can choose from. You can't do that tonight. So, yeah, maybe Anaheim won us. Like Vegas, we have about 36% ownership on that Vegas line and then 10% on the next line and then like 4% or 3% on the line after that. We have one out of every two lineups tonight having some sort of Vegas stack in it. That's where ownership to me matters. And that's where like John Gibson is probably going to be one of my favorite goalies tonight, because if John Gibson has a John Gibson game, you're ahead of half the field immediately. So like John Gibson is probably my favorite goalie on the entire slate tonight. I'm not going to say no to Vegas, but another thing with Vegas, they changed up their lines last game too as well. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault was moved off the line with William Carlson and Riley Smith. So is that line even going to be better tonight? I'm assuming they start the game. But if they, you know, if Anaheim gets up one nothing, it's one nothing at the end of the first period. Vegas is probably changing their lines for the second period. So again, like, I think this is a game where I'm just choosing some one-off forwards, maybe some one-off defensemen. I'm not stacking anything out of this. I agree with you. Um, yeah, like I said, John Gibson, my favorite goalie. Uh, what do you think, seven K John Gibson? Oh, I love John Gibson tonight. He's going to be low owned. He's going to see volume. Uh, this is, you know, not the Vegas team that went to the Stanley Cup a couple seasons ago. They have holes. Uh, I really like John Gibson on the blue line real quickly. I love Alec Martinez tonight. Power play 5,400 on DraftKings. Yeah, uh, perfect. All right, we got a few minutes left. Uh, we got one more game to get to before we get out of here. I see, uh, I see lots of people in the show. Actually, we're well over a hundred. Still only fifty-seven likes. Come on, click that thumbs up for us and click the subscribe button as well. Uh, we're approaching sixty-five thousand subscribers, and the more subscribers we get, the more often we can bring these shows. Uh, and we do have more shows coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, we have the Yahoo NFL Sunday Pick Show with Adam and Eric. And then the Prize Picks College Football Show at 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by the NBA Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock from 445 Eastern right until NBA Lock. So uh, if you're, we got you covered for NFL, college, and NBA following this show. All right. One last game to get to. Ottawa 2.4 implied gold total. Going into Dallas, Dallas has a 3.2 implied goal total. All of Dallas's prices came up. All of them came up. Their defensemen, their forwards. I mean, Joe Pavelski is the one that stands out because he his price came up by like $3,000. Yeah. But all the prices came up for all these players. So Dallas is a lot more expensive than they were just a few days ago. Um, you and I kind of both like that Ottawa top line. What do you think about uh, the, What do you think about this game, Josh? Yeah, there's a couple of things that draw me to that Ottawa top line. One the stars send out their older players like Sagan, like 20, 21 minutes a night. They play their good players like 12, 13 minutes, like hints his number, like minutes is way down. Uh, others are way down. And the other thing is like Braden Holpe has like a nine sixty save percentage to start the season. That's not sustainable. Like eventually the dam's going to break there. Uh, this Ottawa top line coming in around five, 6% fully correlated on the power play. I really like them tonight. Even that second line's okay. Their power play correlation isn't great, but I don't mind using them. They're super low and they're coming in under 1%. So 
I like the send side in this game. Yeah, um, Jake brings up a very good point in our chat. The Radic Faxa line usually takes top lines uh, when Dallas is at home. And the Radic Faxa line can be a very tough line uh, for a very tough matchup for other lines going in. Here's my counterpoint. Ottawa one kicks ass, Jake. So <laughs> I'm going to be playing Ottawa one. <laughs> no, but seriously, Ottawa one, their numbers this year are just absurd. Uh you know, over the course of their entire uh, careers, I think like, almost 300 minutes, like we're looking at 2.9 expected goals for uh, per 60 minutes. That's just a crazy number. Dallas hasn't looked as good as they have last year. Like they've been moving, like they don't have Andrew Cogliano anymore. And Cogliano, I think, was a big part of that shutdown line as well. Um, I think it's worth the risk, uh, even in a single entry, to go with a perfectly correlated Ottawa top line here tonight. Um they aren't super expensive, so you can fit other spots in. I just really like them. So it's Ottawa for me. Uh, don't mind the Hinson Pavelski line on the other side for Dallas either. So uh, I'm looking at both top lines here tonight. Um, nothing other than correlating for uh, defenseman, Josh. Yeah. Uh, Artie Zub, the man, but uh, 5,100 still a bit crazy. So yeah, I'm just correlating. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, once again, thank you very much to our, our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy. Josh, I'm going to ask you for your goalie and your hat trick pick. My favorite goalie on the entire slate tonight is John Gibson, and my hat trick pick is Andrei Svechnikov. Who do you got? Uh, Gibson and Ranta and Igor. <laughs> and my uh, hat trick pick is Slippin' Sammy Bennett. <laughs> there we go. Slippin' Sammy Bennett and Andrei Svechnikov are your hat trick picks for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. There's not going to be a show tomorrow for Saturday because there is just a chock full of slate of MMA, uh, NFL, and all and college and all that stuff. So we'll be back, I think, on Tuesday uh, for your show. Uh, until then, good luck and happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.